0: You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast, this episode presented by Associate Minister Joel Snibson. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priests and Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented the case against Paul they requested Festivus as a favour to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem where they were preparing an ambush to kill him along the way. Festivus answered, Paul is being held at Caesarea and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me and if this man has done anything wrong, they can press charges against him there. After spending eight or ten days with them, Festus went down to Caesarea. The next day, he convened the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. When Paul came in, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him. They brought many serious charges against him, but they could not prove them. Then Paul made this defense. I have done nothing wrong against the Jewish law or against the temple or against Caesar. Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges? Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court, where I ought to be tried. I have not done any wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. After Festivus had conferred with his council, he declared, you have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you will go. A few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. Since they were spending many days there, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. He said, there is a man here whom Felix left as a prisoner. When I went to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him and asked if he could be condemned. I told them that it is not the Roman custom to hand over anyone before they have faced their accusers and have had an opportunity to defend themselves against the charges when they came here with me, they did not delay the case, but convened the court the next day and ordered the man be brought in. When his accusers got up to speak, they did not charge him with any of the crimes i had expected. Instead, they had some points of dispute with him about their own religion and a dead man named Jesus who Paul claimed was alive. I was at a loss how to investigate such matters. So I asked if he would be willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these charges. But when Paul made his appeal to be held over for the emperor's decision, I ordered him held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear this man myself. He replied, tomorrow you will hear him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to
1: God. Well, two weeks ago, we were privileged to have May Sam join us from the Persian Resurrection Church that meets here at St. John's. And we got a small glimpse about the experiences of Christians living in Iran, living under Islamic government makes life very difficult. Converting to Christianity can mean facing trumped up charges, lengthy imprisonment, and has resulted in the death penalty. Yet as Maysem shared, despite all the government opposition and corruption, God had been opening doors. Just months ago, they hired a holiday home with a pool and many people heard the good news of Jesus for the first time and responded in baptism. God powerfully at work despite the oppression and corruption of those in power. See, logically we might think that government opposition would stop Jesus being made known, but according to Operation World, Iran is the fastest growing Christian movement in the world. Likewise, in China, the shift of Xi Jinping to be more authoritarian, with crackdowns on religion, attempts to stop religious online activity, Bibles being confiscated, pastors imprisoned, and those attending illegal house churches are being monitored through CCTV technology. While the persecution has increased, the message of Jesus has been spreading like wildfire. Now, 130 million Chinese lives impacted by Jesus. Even amongst oppression and corruption, God is powerfully at work. as we continue our series in Acts, The Church on Mission, we have seen the political and religious corruption up against Paul. Last week in the courtroom drama under Governor Felix, the trial was completely dodgy and corrupt. While Paul was found innocent, wanting bribes and to keep the Jewish elite happy, Felix procrastinated, leaving him in locked up for two years. Well, today in Acts 25, we see a new governor Festus arrives on the scene and a bit like a state premier. And when a new leader is elected, there is a hope in the air. Maybe they will do the changes needed and lead with justice, yet often they let us down with the political reality of compromise, keeping the different interest groups happy. For those paying attention to the 2024 US election, it's heating up with Biden and Trump and others nominating to run. See, the politicians are jockeying for support from their key voter bases. They're engaging with interest groups who have influence and power over how people vote. Well, likewise, Festus is all about getting things done. And like any politician, attends to what's most important first. So three days in, the first thing he did was shore up his political support amongst the, his religious constituency, going to Jerusalem, paying respects to the Jewish officials. See, Festus knew his political survival meant keeping the Jewish elite happy. And the Jewish leaders had hoped that this Festus would be their guy. And they had one request to transfer Paul to Jerusalem because they're trying to kill him. See, in real estate, it's location, location, location. Well, in first century justice, it was all also about location, location. See, the Jewish leaders pushing for Paul to be transferred to Jerusalem wasn't only an opportunity to kill him in transit, shifting Paul to Jerusalem meant being tried under the religious system by these same people wanting Paul's blood, meaning certain death for Paul. In contrast, in Caesarea was under the Roman system where Paul had many rights as a Roman citizen. So Festus, a savvy political operator, had to straddle keeping the religious establishment happy, but also seemed to uphold the rights of Roman citizens. See, the Roman Empire had deep history and pride in upholding the utmost justice for all its citizens. It was the envy of the known world, and Romans were carefully watching Festus. See, the previous governor, Felix, was an extremist, who lost his job following human rights abuses of his citizens. And even he decided there was no case against Paul. So in verse four, so Festus trying to please the Jews, arranges a trial straight away, but he insists that it's in Caesarea, giving optics of Roman due process and justice. So once more, it's court day and the Jewish elite surrounded Paul and ambush him with accusations. We don't know the specifics, but like the previous sham trial, the accusations was against the Jewish law, plots against the temple, but now out to get him, the accusations had snowballed while Paul was locked up and was also against Caesar. See, this was serious. This is now treason against the state. And while attacks against Paul escalated and a lot of mud was thrown, none of it stuck and they could not prove them. See, while these experiences of oppression and misused power experienced by our Chinese and Iranian brothers and sisters or Paul here seems removed from our daily lives where we can worship freely, but even in free Australia in more subtle ways, As Jesus' followers, we live in a world set against us. See, Christians used to be the good guys, considered virtuous at the centre of society, and now we're being cast aside to the fringes. Just turn on the TV. The political and media voices have become increasingly secular. Sometimes it's that Christianity is out of touch, a past relic that should stay there to outright hostility that we are dangerous extremists. As Christians, we can overreact. We can think of ourselves as victims too much. You know, we ought to be humble because some of our criticism has been warranted. The church has a mixed history. When we had cultural power and influence, we misused it at times whether inflicting injustice on our First Nations people or children, at times more concerned for schools, for the elite, the needs of the poor. Yet, the church has often been a voice to the voiceless and, and places of justice and healing and hope, even if it's been forgotten in our society. And look, you may not pay attention to the media, but tomorrow in the classroom, or the workplace, or on that sports team, I'm sure there's times when you experience the world set against Jesus' followers. See, as we heard last week, you might be intentionally living at peace with those around you, reflecting Jesus' grace and love. You know, you generally love people whose lifestyles you might not agree with, yet Belonging to Jesus, even our kindness is sometimes met with suspicion and opposition. In the book, Being the Bad Guys, describes this new reality that we now face in the West. McAlpine, the Australian author, shares how a local Christian family were rejected to be foster carers due to having Orthodox Christian sexual ethics. And while there's so much more to our gospel than sexual ethics, right now, this is the crunch point where the system is set against Christians. Look, this might not be your experience, but I can guarantee as a follower of Jesus that you will encounter the world's values set against you in some form. And it's in these moments uh, we can be tempted to think, how can God be possibly at work in my workplace, school, team or family. See, God is powerfully at work, even in a corrupt, hostile world. Back to our passage in Acts chapters 21 to 26 has been a series of aborted court hearings. Paul has not exactly enjoyed the justice he was entitled to as a a Roman, locked up for two years, just waiting in limbo, But in and through the circumstances of this trial, notice how God is powerfully at work. See, Festus, hearing these accusations, knew that this was a spiritual debate, not a political threat. Governors would never trial, only on religious grounds. So there was a real risk that Paul would be handed over to Jerusalem, meaning certain death. See, the accusations from the Jewish elite were getting serious. If it's in our day, like here's a terrorist planning to blow up the temple. He's selling drugs to children, right? But now making accusations against Caesar meant they had shot themselves in the foot and it meant that Paul had to be tried in the Roman territory, ironically receiving the highest level of justice. Remarkably, God transformed accusations intended to kill, to give Paul justice, save his life, and make Jesus known. Look, Festus wasn't on Paul's side. It was way more beneficial to be a friend to the Jewish elite than this troublemaker. But the political pressure of the day to uphold justice for the Roman citizen was front and centre. Look to verse nine Festus wanting to be seen to do something for the religious elite asks Paul permission to move the trial to Jerusalem, knowing his answer, of course. But notice Festus asks Paul for permission. This shows how much he wanted to be seen to uphold Roman justice. God powerfully at work, even amongst earthly laws and self interested politicians. So Paul defends himself, claiming innocence of these accusations and knowing his rights as a Roman citizen in verses 10 and 11, insists on justice and proper process. And in this epic mic drop moment, Paul uses the Roman trump card appealing to Caesar. See, every Roman citizen had a right to appeal to the highest court since the formation of the empire. But in reality, it was stacked against you. There's a bit of a power imbalance with Caesar. So it was rarely used. In most work situations, people don't like people going above their head to get a result. But appealing to Caesar, Paul was saying to Festus, I don't trust the integrity of this. I'm going above your head. But being stuck between a rock and a hard place, conferring with his cronies, He was secretly happy about this. See, if he justly let Paul go, he would be in hot water with a religious constituency. Yet, if he unjustly sentenced him on no grounds, every other justice-seeking Roman would be after him. So, to Caesar, you will go. Politically, Festus' hands were now clean. Just see how God powerfully used the messy political situation of the day to protect Paul and we'll see advance the gospel. See, when the system seems stacked against Paul, God was powerfully at work. See, our God, who is the creator of the universe, revealed himself in Jesus, is all powerful and sovereign. And this goes beyond looking through the time and knowing everything. See, God didn't just make the world and sit back and eat popcorn and see how things will go. God is actively at work in the world, in his providence, achieving his good purposes, despite governments and powerful people and our sin. He's always at work behind the scenes. Even in Australia, you may have felt injustice of the powers here. Maybe you've experienced a court outcome that seems unjust. Dell informed me that almost 40% of those locked up in Australia are in remand, meaning they haven't yet had their day in court. Yet in Paul's trial, God's good plan happens even through the cogs of corrupt earthly systems. Whether it's our law courts or fair work laws or even parliament referendums, despite our cynicism, God is still at work. So let's pray for these institutions and leaders. But in moments when we do experience the world set against us and endure maybe significant suffering, even a terrible illness, sometimes these circumstances can appear sovereign and too big and God can seem small. Sometimes it's hard to see God at work in the moment. So if you are in the valley and doubting whether God is all powerful or good, know that God's loving care meets us in the most horrific situations. Like Paul, we are not abandoned in our difficulties. God is powerfully at work behind the scenes when we can't see it. We also might see God as sovereign and just be passive thinking, well, it doesn't matter what I do. We're just pawns in some cosmic game of chess. Well, this isn't the Bible's picture of God's power. God is often at work through people's choices. See, God is powerfully at work, be part of it. See, in our passage, God is powerfully at work and Paul steps into what God is doing. Back in Acts 23 verse 11, Paul receives this vision for God's plan for him to testify in Rome. So appealing to Caesar, Paul was actively taking responsibility for God's plans to happen. While Jerusalem meant certain death, appealing to Caesar meant going to Rome. Paul took ownership of God's mission for him to share the risen Jesus in the highest echelons of power. And Paul claiming his Roman entitlements wasn't some panic for survival. In verse 11, he was willing to die for Jesus, but he was stepping into God's bigger mission in the world. See, trusting God didn't mean Paul was passive. He spent two years trusting and praying and planning how he would respond in this moment. See, all through the Bible, God's sovereignty and human responsibility go together. You know, with our prayer, sometimes it's, I've got nothing, Lord, fight for us. Yet at other times, the prayer is to be strong and to cr- courageous, where our prayers lead to boldly stepping out in faith. May Sam shared about the importance of prayer, but also glorifying God. For him, it meant risking going back to Iran, hiring a place with a pool, spending sleepless nights, proclaiming Jesus and baptizing people. God is powerfully at work in the world and wants to include us. As we think about mission in our families, workplaces, schools, sometimes we can wrongly think that God is only at work when there's no opposition or trouble. In times when all we can see is a shut door, opposition, it's easy to throw our hands in the air and think God's left. But for Paul, it was in the trouble, false accusations, unfair detention, strung out trials, that God was powerfully at work. In Being the Bad Guys, McAlpine describes his family being rejected as foster carers because of their Christian sexual ethics. Well, he acted. He wrote to the agency and spoke up against the injustice of the foster agency's ruling. But it didn't end there. He describes how his church continued to cook hundreds of meals for these same agency's foster parents. In this high need area, many church families put their hands up to also foster and now have some children in long term care. And the agency has since expressed much gratitude for all the church is doing. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So for you tomorrow at work or school or practice, God is powerfully at work. But how is he calling you to step up into what he's doing, even in moments of opposition? See, we need God's wisdom, knowing when to be flexible without compromising and when to draw a line in the sand and be willing to take heat for it. See, times when faith in Jesus calls you to to risk standing against the grain and like Paul, it might mean being scorned, socially ostracized for some, even demoted. But in these moments, let's trust that God is big and is at work. And when we boldly take a stand, let us be in the context of a full relational tank from week in, week out, shining Jesus' love and grace, helping that struggling colleague, speaking honourably about people in the face of gossip, being a kind listening ear, showing integrity, See, it can be really hard out there and you can't do it alone. You need encouragement and prayer from our life groups. Maybe meet up with other believers in the same industry or schools or unis to share challenges, wisdom, prayer, accountability, not to succumb to the dog-eat-dog values of this world. See, in challenging situations, we need reminding each other of our true value in Jesus over our career trajectory. Well, today's passage finishes with this King Agrippa and Bernice arriving on the scene. This couple represented the height of elite power and corruption, and they came to do this obligatory visit to the new governor, Festus. Well, it turns out that King Agrippa was an expert on Jewish law, so Festus took this opportunity. You know, one night after a few drinks, he brings up this difficult Paul case. Maybe Agrippa could help him write to Caesar, outlining what Paul's charges actually were. You know, he's new in the job. He didn't want egg on his face. So Festus shared to the king, it became clear these charges weren't legit. These accusations contradicted. And it was the resurrection of Jesus that was the only accusation left standing against Paul. Look to verse 19. Instead, they had some points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus who Paul claimed was alive. How remarkable is this? God in his providence had this unbelieving governor share the gospel with those in the heights of power. And as Festus and Agrippa discussed this, there wasn't one negative comment about Paul's message of this risen Jesus. They were completely at lost, left full of intrigue. King Agrippa says, I would like to hear this man myself. God is powerfully at work, even in a world stacked against us. Likewise, among our opposition or challenges, as we courageously step into what God is doing, it's the message of the risen Jesus that will remain. Nor other lies will fall to the ground. See more than Paul, Jesus faced the worst opposition, was accused of many lies by the religious elite, was unjustly tried, was executed in Jerusalem on a Roman cross. Yet this Jesus wonderfully rose again to bring in God's kingdom of justice and righteousness, offering forgiveness and healing a new life. Tomorrow, at school or work, when experiencing opposition in a world set against us, know that God is powerfully at work, softening hearts and invites us to be part of it. Amen.